already know that email is important, right? But where do you get started? What should you share with your new hard won subscribers? And how often should you email them? All those questions, right? So I'm really excited about today's episode because I'm talking to Francis Nayan. Um, Francis is a freelance copywriter working globally with coaches, mentors, and major e-commerce brands. And over the years, he has helped businesses grow immensely um, by creating story-based copy and customized email marketing strategies, making their customers feel like they're friends for life. He has so much expertise and he's sharing it all with us today. I can't wait for you to meet him. So let's dive right in. Hey there, welcome to the Blissful Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Susanne Reicher, here to help yoga and wellness entrepreneurs build a thriving online business. If you're ready to make a bigger impact and earn money online, you are in the right place. Each week you learn about websites, digital products, social media strategies, and what's working now to build your online business. And now let's get started. Hi, Francis. Welcome to the Blissful Biz Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Yeah, thank you so much, Suzanne. It's been a long time coming, but I'm happy I'm finally here and looking forward to speaking to your audience. <laughs> That's so great. Um, yes, yeah, so um, can you quickly, or not so quickly, depending, um, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your journey and what you do Yeah, so uh, yeah, as you said, my name is Francis, Francis Nye. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, but I currently live in Budapest, Hungary, and I'm an email strategist and copywriter for e-commerce businesses, coaches, consultants, and experts. And so what I specialize in is helping uh, my clients make more money through email, create more engagement, and really create that really personal touch that I think most people miss in their marketing. Um, and I think with, with email, the email is the most powerful tool that you can have. And I think that it's it's incredibly neglected by by, by businesses, by you know solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, um, and you know other coaches and consultants. So um, yeah, my work is just involves creating really good uh, stories, really good copy and creating a strategy that makes the, uh, a customer's journey uh, really unique and makes that email optimized. I love it. And I know that you're going to have so much goodness with us to share today. So I'm really excited to hear more. Um, let's start with the most foundational question. Um, should everybody have an email list? Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. I think everyone should have an email list. And I know email is kind of an old school thing. You know, that's why we have these spam boxes. Just the evolution of email has just led to a lot of people sending spam. But um, you know, with email, you're able to create a more personal, engaged, tailored marketing to your audience. You know, if you look at social media and you're scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, you know, Clubhouse or anything like that, you know, th those messages are for the wider audience. You know, that's the bigger part of the phone. And, you know, those are great, but I think that's the equivalent of like you driving down the street and seeing a big billboard. It's saying, you know, look at me, this is what I do. And I think it's good. It definitely works. And, you know, if you have a good uh, social strategy, then it can be very powerful. But with email, you're able to send offers, send content, um, and have a more 
engaged relationship with your prospects, with your readers. And it's so helpful in sending them a, sending your audience a tailored email based on their interests or previous purchases or, um, you know, the, the, the level they are in, you know, perhaps if you have a membership or a group, then, you know, you can create tailored messages that feel very special to them. And yeah, it's just one of those platforms that you you have such an incredible ROI. And I totally agree. Yes. And it feels so, Um, so much more personal. I know, and I know I heard actually from yoga teachers, you know, like a year ago when the pandemic hit and they started teaching on Zoom. And you know, like when they didn't have an email list or the email um, addresses from their students, it was really difficult for them to get in touch with their students. So um, teachers who already had an email list, they actually had a big advantage. Um And yes, so I think the challenge for a lot of yoga teachers, so the first challenge is to just get started. So we can talk about that. And the next challenge is what should you share with your subscribers, right? Right, right, right. So, you know, if you don't have an email list and you want to get started right away, you know, first, of course, you know, find your, the ESP, you know, the email service provider, um, you know, that can be MailChimp. That can be active campaign convert kit. But then, you know, once you get kind of the tech stuff figured out, what you really need is to figure out your lead magnet. And, you know, we're all business owners here. We all know what lead mag- what a lead magnet is. But if you don't, it's essentially a freebie that you send to someone just for joining your email list. It's a bit of a promotion. Yeah, I like the word freebie. Yeah. I always use freebie. I think lead magnet is a weird word. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very businessy. You know, it's not as fun for yeah. sure. But yeah, that's what you do. You start with you know, you create uh, an opt-in form or a landing page that says, um, you know, for yoga teachers, it can be uh, you know, top 10 positions for, you know, to help this problem or, you know, the best uh, morning yoga routine or something like that. Um, really Do you have some examples? Really- Do you have some yeah. examples of lead magnets that you know um, that work really well or that work well for your clients or... Yeah, yeah. So one of my favorites and one thing that I absolutely love using is case studies. So when I work with other coaches, it may be, you know, how a certain coach's framework um, has helped a client, you know, earn more money or started their business quickly or, you know, had some, some, some sort of outcome. And, you know, for a yoga teacher, it can be, you know, how a certain program or routine perhaps um, help the students. And that's very interesting because if someone goes to your website and they see that, you know, there's like this very particular framework, they're thinking, um, you know, wow, this, that sounds different. It could be for me. I actually want to see results from it. So um, it's actually a lot better than your typical listicle uh, freebie, you know, the top five mm-hmm. things, the top 10 things, because it's uh, you're you're showing not just your expertise. You're showing something you created. You're showing results. You're showing testimonials. So I think using a case study um, in some way is super powerful. It's super. Powerful. I love that, and it's so unique. I, I don't think I've actually ever seen someone doing that. Now I have to do it. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And um, yes, yeah, so I agree. I think the biggest mistake that people very often make is that they get stuck creating their freebie or lead magnet and it takes them weeks and weeks. And that's not 
what you should do. You shouldn't spend like more than a day or two, maybe a few days on your lead magnet, I think. Um, yeah, so people get stuck there because they think that has to be this super, super big thing. Or And then also for your um, subscribers, nobody has time to or wants to read a 30 or 40 pages ebook. Exactly. exactly. Um, they want a quick win, something you know, like that they can um, read maybe in half an hour. Or like when it's a yoga class, it should be like, okay, like a 10 minute or 20 minute class, something they can do immediately. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's really good too. I like how, you know, I, uh, I love the idea also that, uh, you know, if you record yourself doing a yoga class to, to have the, your freebie be something like uh, watch the first 20 minutes of my yoga class or something like that or um, something like that. I think that's I think that's so great. I might even use that for, for some of my for some of my future and well current clients as well. So yeah, that's a good idea as well. Yeah, yeah. But I normally recommend when you do a class or audio, don't just share that. Um, so don't just send people a link to YouTube or something like that, but create a PDF document where you give a little bit more context around the video, where you introduce yourself, where you share like why this is relevant, and then you have the links to the practice in that PDF. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, it's always really so good that's, to have. You know, like that's something that it feels more valuable as well than just like, oh, yeah, here's a link to YouTube. That's true. That that's like, true. Um, so um, so that's normally what I recommend. But again, keep it simple. Don't go overboard. Don't share like, I don't know, three 60-minute yoga classes or something <laughs> as a freebie. Um, that would be overkill. Oh, yeah. I But agree. I love the idea with a case study. And I think you could combine that too. So you could share a case study and then you could have like, so want to get the same results. Here's just like the first three yoga poses or something. Oh, I love that. I love how we're just like uh, throwing ideas out there. I feel like anyone can can listen to this and, and use any of these ideas. But yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. You have to have some type of, you know, more context to it. Because yeah, I, I've actually worked with a few coaches and, you know, e-commerce businesses and their freebie was like, watch the first, uh, you know, watch my hour long uh, talk at this seminar. And that's all it was. There's no context on you know why it was great mm. or and not even I think even a few times they started and there wasn't even any information on what it was about it was almost like to watch this video and let's see what's next but yeah I say uh, yeah yeah that can value, work when you're really really famous but yeah <laughs> otherwise probably not so much yeah yeah I agree I agree Okay, so let's say you have people on your email list, you have your first subscribers, and um, what should you do then? Yeah, so essentially when they first join into your, your email list, what you want to do is send them through a welcome sequence. And so the, the welcome sequence, you know, essentially is all about conditioning your readers to find your emails valuable. So you can start off with your story, send off, testimonials, um, even more case studies, just information to show that you're not always constantly selling something and selling something and also showcasing what makes you and your business um, unique. So, you know, I would say definitely make it more than one email. I know a lot of businesses out there just do one email and then um, they may not even have a strategy and they just kind of ignore sending any more emails to their list. But I always suggest a five 
to, to six email sequence. And I think that's more than enough to, to showcase what makes you unique, you know, what your story is, who you help and yeah, just everything that uh, makes you stand out from anyone else in your inbox and really any other yoga teacher who may have an email list. Yeah, I agree. Although I have to say, I think it's already like, it's not an advanced technique, but maybe like medium, um, because I don't think you can do that with any of the free plans. For example, with MailChimp or ConvertKit to send out sequences, you always need to upgrade your plan. So I would oh, probably yes. recommend that when you have maybe at least 100 subscribers and then you set that up. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think uh, it, I never really thought about that because typically I and my uh, the clients I work with, they usually have a plan to, to begin with. And I think they mm. most people, they know it's like I want to have a sequence of some sort, but um, they're not sure where to start. So then, yeah, they, they go for the upgraded plan. And then, as you said, also, you know, they kind of the overthinking thing, you know, it's like they, they might have uh, one email in and they're a, They're yeah. kind of pondering on you know, what should I have next? What should I have next? But then one email stays in there. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely upgraded that plan, especially if you want to grow your emails. Yeah, I think it's definitely important. And um, I mean, I love ConvertKit and I recommend it. And they have an amazing free plan now for up to a thousand mm -hmm. subscribers, but it doesn't include automations. So you can send out the first double opt-in email, but yeah, otherwise you could just can send out broadcasts like your normal newsletters. And I think that's great when you're really just getting started and definitely spend some time and customize that first email that goes out. A lot of people simply keep like the default uh, MailChimp welcome email, for example, and that's oh, yeah. really um, an opportunity missed, right? So you can already customize that email and give it your tone of voice and add your logo or colors and all that. And um, yes, and then simply start, everybody's starting from zero, like with zero people on their email list. So you simply start there, you send out your first broadcast, and then you definitely want to set up um, a welcome email sequence. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And um Yeah, and to use that sequence to essentially show off, you know, what makes you unique and makes you fun. And definitely, as you said, as you said, don't use the the template. You know, it's the equivalent of like just taking some random template you see on your, you know, your website creator and just saying, you know, this is me. And plus it's kind of it's happened before where I've seen like other people have the same template and I always cringe a little bit or get a little worried because I'm like, Ah, I think you're so amazing. You're so unique. You have such an amazing offer and great personality. It's like we should really showcase that in the first email or the first broadcast. So mm. yeah, definitely agree with you. Yeah. And I think it's also when you start just by sending out normal broadcasts um, that you'll get feedback and know what works, like what are people opening, maybe where do you get like replies, and then you can use like the best ones for your welcome email sequence. Yeah, that's actually, uh, that's a really good practice right there is, you know, once you have the, the sequence up and ready, I know a lot of people, for example, they, they don't want to do the, The, the 
the sending out of emails like three, four, five times a week. So when they do send out an email and they notice that, you know, they're getting a lot of replies or getting a lot of opens, getting a lot of clicks, they think, oh, this is a really good email. I'll put this into my, uh, my welcome sequence. And that's a really good way to kind of save yourself time and make your, your welcome sequence even longer. Um, of course, you would need to tweak it here and there to make it a bit more evergreen. But that's a that's a really good way to slowly build your, your email sequence and um, kind of reuse, uh, repurpose the your assets that you have. So when you um, send out that welcome email sequence, um, how much time between each email would you recommend? Yeah, so it really depends on your strategy and the most. But the the most the most um, common, uh, I guess time, uh, time lapse. I can't remember the word right now, but, uh, is that time in between is essentially a day. And that's for me, that's what I advise the people I work with just because it's, it's the, well, the, the reader is warm, you know, they're kind of excited to get to know you. They want to know more about you. And that's the, the best way to, to create that impression. You know, it's the equivalent, I think of, if you meet someone, you know, at a, at a party or in a cafe or in a bar or just someone in a group of friends and you guys hit it off really well, you may exchange information. It would be a little bit weird if, you know, they, uh, you just, you would just start messaging, messaging each other two, three weeks later. Cause then it'd be like, Oh, I thought we were, you know, had a bit of a connection that we could, um, you know, get to know each other. But um, yeah, it's, you don't want to let the, the readers go too cold of course. So yeah, I would say from the beginning, have some form of a, uh, of a constant contact. Would you let them know how many emails they can expect? So would you let them know, hi, this is like my welcome. You, know, you don't say welcome sequence, but kind of like a few emails where I introduce myself and what I do and how I can help you. Or would you just like send them the content? Oh, I definitely advise everyone to, send expectations, you know, in that welcome sequence on that first email, that way they know, and you know, what they're, what they're in for. And also if, for example, if you're a business that wants to send out daily emails and, you know, you say, you know, I'm going to send out daily emails, that's going to give your reader a chance to unsubscribe or change their preference, um, which is important because you want to be able to have good email deliverability, which is, how often your emails land in the primary inbox and not promotions or spam. So having a bit of list cleaning whenever possible is always good, but it's also, also great from the beginning just to set up the expectations. So your readers know, yeah, you know, what's coming up next. I think we have to explain that a little bit more. What do you mean by list cleaning? Oh yes, so it might be like something you know, like that people never heard before or have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so list cleaning is essentially cleaning your email list of people who aren't engaging with your emails. So they're not opening your emails would be the main thing. So a lot of the times that if you consistently send to your entire email list, whether certain subscribers open them or not, your sender reputation could could steadily go down because the algorithms on, you know, on Gmail, on Yahoo or Hotmail will think, oh, well, this person's sending emails, but the people receiving them aren't opening them. Perhaps they're not um, as valuable. So let's put them into promotion. 
and make room for the more valuable emails. So with list cleaning, you're, you're deleting, you're removing all the people who aren't opening your emails. So then the, the, the list that you're sending to is a bit smaller. So then your open rate is, is maintained as high. So it stays higher. And so the algorithms can notice that, oh, their open rate is you know above 15%, it's above 20%, they must be valuable. So we're going to make sure that they land in the primary inbox and they get read by more people. Yeah, I think it's mainly Gmail and it's it's such a such a nightmare. Um I yeah, to try to stay in the inbox and not end up in the promotion folder. And um I think there's not really a lot you can do to help with that besides yeah, like those taking those steps like cleaning your email list and um I think also you, what do you think about how much influence has for example the title or the content of the email yeah well the the content so, of the email that depend- well yeah the content of the email is is essentially the most important thing i mean everything from you know the subject line is of course very helpful um but the content in itself is is the most important thing and because you want to be able to give your readers um content that they really enjoy that they're excited to get And if you consistently give them good value and you create that good relationship and you condition your readers to, you know, like your emails, then, you know, it may not even matter what your subject line is or what you're offering because they're going to be looking for your next email. Yeah, I think I, I, I meant more in regard to ending up in spam. Oh, yes. Well, see, that's the... You know, that's a big, we can go into an entire hour or two or three talking <laughs> about in a inbox deliverability. But, you know, there are many factors that contribute, you know, going to spam, for example. I mean, a lot of it has, some of it has to do with some of the words you use. So you can't use any businessy kind of quote unquote scammy words like the word sale, flash sale, percent, you know, certain percentage off. Um, of course, that's not always going to send you, you won't be immediately blacklisted and sent to spam. But if you consistently send those emails and people aren't reading them, then you will be sent to spam. Um, mm. And so it, it's good to to make sure that you 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 have good content because you know, I've seen it before where I I know clients who they they send out daily promotions. Um, some of these e-commerce stores I work with, and you know it's a discount on this item or that item, but we don't even have any deliverability issues just because we know that's what our customers uh, customers want. You know, they want discounts on our items. So um, yeah, it's always good to, to make sure that you, you have good content and the, you know, at least stay away from as many of those, you know, spammy words um, out there that a lot of businesses use. Okay. Let's talk about the content. Um, I know that a lot of yoga teachers really struggle with sending out an email even once a week. Don't even talk about daily or more often than that. What is your experience? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the main thing. That's usually the, the, the biggest issue with, with people of, you know, I don't know what kind of content I need to send out, how often I need to send it out. So I'll kind of just go into like those two questions. Um, so... First and foremost, you don't have to send daily emails or, you know, even multiple emails a week. As long as you do it consistently, then that's powerful enough 
to where your reader will know, okay, well, Suzanne sends an email out every Friday. So I'm going to look forward to that. Um, or, you know, maybe you do want to send out daily emails. So you can do that as well. So your readers can, can say, oh, I'm waking up. I can't, I can't wait to see, you know, Suzanne's e you know, daily email for today, these daily tips. Um, so really depending on how, how comfortable you feel with, with doing that, you know, it's really, really up to you, but, you know, finding out content is a lot of it is just testing out, you know, testing things that, you know, you find, you know, in your work, you know, maybe it's um, an easy tip uh, to, to send out to, to be better at your business or to be better in yoga or just lifestyle. And, you know, a lot of the things that I like to do with, my clients is, you know, we're, we work, I work with a lot of personal brands. It's just send out um, really high insights on, on the, on the niche that they're, that they're in. So anything that involves giving them any tips or any hacks or anything topical, perhaps in the news or um, stories, you know, stories are the most powerful thing. I think that anyone can ever share um, in an email. So a lot of it is just, one testing out different topics and different kinds of content, but then do also just being consistent with, um, with it. You know, if you start doing it once a week or twice a week, you'll, you'll gradually start getting better at thinking of ideas and you'll start to not overthink it a little bit too much because that's usually the main issue with, with email and creating content is, um, you know, is this valuable enough? Is it too long? Is it too short? And I know that personally, because when I email my list, sometimes I go through the same thing of like, um, is this email too long or too short? Or did I talk about this already? Um, but yeah, if you can just look into your work and find just one, one tip, you know, one, one thing that can help your reader, then, you know, you have the basis for your, your weekly email there already. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think consistency is so important. I sometimes yes. even recommend, okay, if you really don't have time and you have nothing to share, um, then commit to a monthly newsletter, but commit to that at least. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's worse if you send out emails like every week for three weeks and then people don't hear f from you for three months. And then suddenly you start emailing again them like bi-weekly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, I think it's, yeah, you're right. Consistency is, is the main thing. Plus if you're just more consistent, then it's like a, it's like a muscle, you know, it's a, it's one of those things that you know, if it's the day that you write the email, if you're so used to it, then an idea will pop up and you're going to get better at it. And it may be difficult yeah. for the first few, few times four or five times, but then afterwards it's a, uh, it's pretty remarkable how these ideas come to you so fast or, you know, you'll, you'll go throughout your day you'll go or, or go throughout a class and you think, oh, that's a, that's such a great thing. I'm going to write about that. So um, I think consistency is, is the main thing. Do you have any tips for people who are really struggling with writing their emails? Yes. So my thing is to always actually read. Well, yeah, just to read, you know, read emails that you get in your inbox, read articles, um, I like to go on medium.com and just read articles based on business or personal growth um, because that's what I send to my personal email list. And a lot of those things are just ways to, 
to capture inspiration. And of course, you can also kind of swipe ideas. Um, I tend to do that too. Of um, yeah, just reading awesome medium articles and think, oh, okay, I'm going. I might. I, I like that idea. I want to share that with my email list. So I think that's a that's a really good place to to begin. If you're thinking, you know, what are what are people reading? What's really um, how how are other people writing content? Then that's a good place to start. So yeah, I would say. Uh, just keep reading and you'll, you'll find inspiration um, everywhere. Yeah. That's a great tip. I think. Um, do you have any tips because you know, like so many people um, say or teach and I do that as well, that you should, that you don't have to use like proper grammar um, in your emails. It should be really more like you have a conversation. Um, yes. Is that yes. really still like what you would, um, tell people to do as well so maybe even maybe even record yourself sharing something and then transcribe that and then you can create your email out of that yes definitely definitely I think you know with an email because it's so personal and um, you know you are the one writing it it's best to showcase your personality and it does not need to be perfect so um, some of the best email writers, copywriters out there I know who have an email list, they're filled with grammatical errors, kind of like sentence structure is a little bit off. You know, they, they misspell words on purpose a lot of the times. And but when you read it, you can actually hear them. You can actually hear their voice as you're reading it. So it's it's one of the best ways to really stand out from the in the inbox and to get people excited for your emails because you know, you'll start to make your readers think, you know, wow, what is Suzanne going to say this time? You know, what kind of funny thing is she going to, to share with us? What kind of helpful thing she's going to share with us? So it's not, um, yeah. So the main thing is to, to not just stick to the, the businessy jargon or um, anything like corporate or anything like that. It's best to really showcase your personality. And, you know, I'm not, I'm one, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they want to know some people to, to kind of follow, I personally like people like uh, Kira Hug. She's actually my mentor. Uh, Laura Belgray, she's a fantastic um, copywriter and she has really hilarious, hilarious um, emails that she sends daily to her list. So, and just by looking at those, then you'll be able to kind of uh, understand what I'm talking about when I say that you know, nothing has to be perfect and really. You know, use the email to showcase your personality, you know, even in the little things like how you structure your sentences. So um, you said um, you really recommend sharing stories. Um, what do you think about also like how do you con combine that with promoting your offers? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, so when that one stories are you know the most powerful tool you can have with really selling anything, you know, it's, they're captivating, they're compelling, they're, they're how we learn as kids, they're how we remember things, you know, as adults and things like that. So you know, using stories in your marketing is always super powerful, whether that's an email, some type of article, a sales letter, anything like that, it's super helpful. But, you know, using stories to sell your, your products, your programs is super helpful because you can literally lead the customer through the journey through a journey of someone you helped out or some type of um, objective, some type of goal you're trying to go for because you're able to fill them with a bit of emotion 
and you can lead them through you know some adventure some journey and then also just really engage them with you know what you're selling and you, know, you can bring those emotional elements into it so then you know, they can really feel a bit of a connection to to what you're promoting um and yeah there's a bit of a really good story framework there that you can you know that you can use to uh promote your products it's definitely a lot more powerful than just sending out an uh a promotion an email uh, a landing page that just says you know 20 yeah. percent off here it is and you know that's that's not uh, as as powerful as actually going in telling someone a story of how this product has helped someone or can help someone. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So to make it, to share like an example, it could be when you have an offer for um, new people joining your studio, you could share a story of someone um, of their experience, what that's been like their first week going to yoga every single day and um and then share it and then talk about the offer exactly, also, exactly. So that's what you mean right yes um what do you think about images as part of emails i think images are one they're really fun of course and they do make an email stand out um but the best thing to do is not to overdo it um not for any reason other than It's a very technical thing with the, the algorithms that um, the more images that you have in an email, then the heavier, quote unquote, heavier the email will be and may land in promotions because, you know, these Gmail and these algorithms, they what they want are people to send emails to other people. They want to, you know, minimize the number of promotions. Uh, businesses mm -hmm. tend to put, you know, a lot of, Uh, images, a lot of HTML in their emails. And so if they see too many images and there's not a balance between text and image, then it can be sent to to, to promotion or even spam. But um, that being said, images are really powerful and just just being really fun. I mean, um, if, it, if that's part of your, you know, your branding and you like using images, then definitely use them. Um, I know a lot of people that I work with and a lot of people I follow, they love putting gifts in their, uh, GIF gifts in their, yeah. in, in their emails and images and memes and things like that. So if you do that, like if you want to do that, then, uh, you know, more power to you. It's, it's really fun. Your readers are going to like it. Just make sure you don't put like, you know, 10 to 15 images in there. Yeah, I sometimes do that. I sometimes use gifts. And when I use gifts, I always use, um, um, some friends, you know, the TV oh, yeah. show, because I'm such a huge fan and I'm also a total Monica. And <laughs> um, yeah, just also give like a little bit of consistency and that people feel like, you know, okay, maybe they're like friends too. So they feel a connection and, um, you know, like it's like one thing about me. Yeah, I'm that fan of friends. Yeah, that's, so. that's awesome. That's an amazing way to just showcase a little bit about yourself. It's like, oh, they like friends too. And I like friends. So I relate to them a lot more, more than other people in the inbox. So yeah, that's a, that's, a, I'm really happy you do that. Yeah. Otherwise, and yeah. And I also use pictures of my puppy. <laughs> Maybe oh, I should so start creating gifts with her. That would be, you fun. should, it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I think also um, you have to find this balance between, yeah, you don't want to use too many images and you don't want your email to look too promotional or too corporate, but you also want to stand out a little bit in the feed and maybe just by using um, your colors and stuff in your emails. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's a certain level of branding that, you know, you kind of have to commit yourself to or... Um, whatever that you, know, you really want to do. I personally, you know, I like text-based emails. Um, like my emails I send to my list are extremely boring. Um, I rarely put any images in there or anything, but um, a lot of my clients still have, you know, their, their own templates, their email templates that they create that have their, you know, company colors and their logo there, which is really, actually, it makes it look very official. And I think that's, that's a good thing to have now because over the last year, a lot of businesses are more like, I want to do more text-based or I just want to do make my emails look as boring as possible because that's just the best for the algorithm and other people are doing, you know, are adding images and colors. And so I think now since everybody's doing like the boring style email, that it's good to have a little bit of of color and a little bit of branding in your emails too. Exactly. I get so many emails where I'm like, who is that? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You know, like, did I sign up for that? And then they don't even have the full name or something. You're like, hmm. Oh, yeah. The, uh, that would be like my, that's like, a, um, actually, I made that mistake in the beginning too, that I just put my first name. And then one student made me tell me, yeah, she doesn't, you know, like, maybe you should use your full name because I there, I know many people who have your first name. And um, and I was like, yeah, you're totally right. I actually should use my full name in my email. Um, yeah, so I changed that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good thing to test out too. So one funny thing, you know, that I'll share is one, uh, one thing in the kind of the email marketing industry now is testing out the from names. So, you know, I have... For my list, it's Francis that stories and copy. And, um, you know, a lot of people yeah. just have their names just like that. But then I'll, uh, one funny thing is people like to change from name nouns, but from names now. So, for example, one of my clients sells um, like health supplements. So instead of the, the company name as the from name, mm-hmm. it'll be, um, you know, your back pain or the from name will be the, the reason you can't sleep at night or something. And it's kind of a, a way to, yeah, one stand out from the inbox and also just have a little fun. Um, of course, sometimes it's not completely, you know, on brand. You know, I don't think a company like H&M or, you know, one of the big health supplement companies would uh, would play around with their from names. But I think it's something that you can, uh, you can probably have a little fun yeah. with nowadays. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I'm just a, bit, a little bit lost. What did I want to do? Yeah, I wanted to check my <laughs> inbox and see what emails I have in there. What do you think about emojis? I like emojis. Emojis are are, are really good too. I mean, if it's you know on brand, then then definitely use them. They're a good way also. You know, if you're a good storyteller or you have a promotion and you want to add more context, then it's a good way to kind of infuse emotion in there emojis are really funny because you know i just think they're little smiley faces but or sad faces or surprise faces but in reality when i look at them in an email i, I kind of have like that little uh kind of I, I feel that emotion like a little bit in me when i when i see it so i do like it when people use uh like yeah emojis and in their emails um of course like to 
everything, everything should be done in moderation. So if I see like, you know, a dozen emojis in an email, I'll be thinking, I'm not sure what's going on here, but uh, <laughs> I think it's, I think they're fun. I think they're fun. And if you're someone who loves using emojis, when you, when you text someone or you have emojis, um, you know, on your social media, then yeah, that's part of your brand. And I think you should also include that um, in your emails, especially if that's what your readers love as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the most important thing is really to be authentic in exactly. your brand and it has to work for you and your personality, your tone of voice and your audience. And um, I think, I think what I would find more annoying is like uh, when people use like um, exclamation marks in every sentence. Oh, yeah. Uh, or, sh or write like in capital letters a lot. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, very, okay. it's very, very stand. I don't know. It feels very standouty, where you know it doesn't feel as genuine. And yeah, I, I used to have that problem where I would just have like an exclamation out of every sentence. And um, you know, it's good to, it's good to change it up, of course. And yeah, there's a lot of things you can do with your emails, like to change things up. I, I learned uh, a couple years ago to change up the the cadence of like my sentences to make, you know, this one longer, this one shorter, this one medium, this one longer. So, um, that's interesting. But, uh, yeah. It's a good way to make the, make your words sing. That's not even a, like a, I'm not even sure that's like a marketing tip. I'm pretty sure I, I learned that when at like uh, the writing center at my university, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I think, yeah, as you said, just to be as genuine as authentic as possible. And if you can just have fun writing your emails and you want to use emojis and gifts and images, then have at it. You know, it's a, it's your email yeah. list and it's your, it's your readers who, who love you. Yeah. And if they don't like you, they can unfollow you and that's fine. You have to exactly. live with that. I think that's like something important too, that never take it personal if somebody unfollows you. I know from people who don't even, they are afraid to send out emails to subscribers because then people unfollow them. And yeah, they will, but that's not an excuse not to send out emails. Exactly, exactly. I mean, every email I've ever sent for one of my clients and even myself, you know, I probably lose like one to three every email I send to my list. And for my clients, depending on the list, you know, it can be from a few dozen to a couple thousand unsubscribing, but that's, that's fine. You know, if someone unsubscribes from your list, then they likely weren't going to work with you um, in any way. Um, but then also, you know, if you have a certain level on, you know, your email service provider, you can change your preferences up. So maybe they get, you know, less emails or they get a certain type of emails, but And they can, you could, they can change that. But if someone un unsubscribes from your list, it's, it's a good thing. Um, plus, you know, you're making your, their, your list is cleaning themselves. So you're actually setting yourself up for even more success with email when they exactly. leave. And it, it might just not be the right time for them. Or maybe they're just like, yeah, right now I don't want to hear anything more about this or from you. And they might subscribe again later. You never know. Exactly. You never know. You never know. Great. So I think there was a lot of great tips. So thank you so much. Um, is there anything else I should have asked you? Um, nothing really comes to mind right now, but great. yeah, if any, if you do have any, any questions or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me at any time. I'm pretty sure you have my links and, and things like that in the description. Yeah. Where can people go to learn more about you? Yeah. So just to learn more about me, stay in contact, join my email list. You can, uh, Find me at storiesandcopy.com. Um, and that's the business I work under. So that's storiesandcopy.com. 
And yeah, if you join my list, then I'll, I'll send you a free copy of uh, my ebook, The Click Rate Code. And yeah, we'll stay in touch that way. That's amazing. And I'll add the link to the show notes. Thank you so much, Francis, for um, being here, for um, sharing your expertise. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Suzanne. It, was a, it really was so much fun. And yeah, thank you. Hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blissful Biz Podcast. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This would mean the world to me. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss a new episode. To learn more about how to work with me one-on-one, my courses and membership, or to get instant access to freebies, workshops, and more, go to susannoreicher.com right now. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time. Hey there, interrupting for a short announcement. I'm hosting a virtual bootcamp to help you kickstart your online business from May 6th to May 10th, and I would love to see you there. It's the Make Your First or Next $5,000 online bootcamp, and you can save your spot for this free virtual event when you go to my website, susannereicher.com forward slash bootcamp. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E-R-I-E-K-E-R.com forward slash bootcamp. I'm going to go live every day from Monday to Friday with a live training on how to elevate your vision, choose your profitable niche, amplify your content, nail down your signature offer to make your first or next $5,000. I can't believe how freaking fun, valuable, and powerful this virtual event is going to be. You'll get five live stream trainings, all of the recordings in case you can't make it live or need to leave early, access to my new community, the Midlife Biz Hive, including tons of additional trainings for you to dive in, the chance to ask any questions in our calls or in the community. It'll be amazing. This event is a real game changer, whether you're just starting out or you've been at it for a while, but feeling a bit stuck around the maybe $2,000 to $3,000 monthly mark. If you're eager for more and ready to figure out the online business puzzle, this is the perfect place to kickstart your journey to bigger and better results.